Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around following rules and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. Super excited to be joined by Brian Clayton, who is CEO of GreenPal. GreenPal is an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care service providers. Brian is a serial entrepreneur, having founded Peach Tea Inc., a market-leading landscape construction firm in Nashville, which he grew to over 125 employees. Really excited to dive in with Brian and talk about this entrepreneurial mindset and how can that apply to, to launching your career. So welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. My pleasure. Really excited. So I'm curious to hear first your sort of backstory, the the first beginnings of diving into the business world and getting that first job. And what was that like? And what perhaps seeds got planted that helped you later found your companies? Yeah. So 20 years of entrepreneurship in, in 60 seconds. I, I actually was forced into entrepreneurship by my father on a hot summer day. He said, hey, get off your ass. You got a job to do. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard and made me go mow the neighbor's grass. And uh, after I mowed the neighbor's yard, I got paid 20 bucks. And ever since then, I was hooked on owning my own business. I actually just stuck with that lawn mowing business all through high school and, and college. I passed out door hangers and flyers. And by the end of that first summer mowing grass, I had like 15 customers and uh, just stuck with that business, um, paid my way through college, uh, mowing yards. And when I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market and, and like essentially take a pay cut or was I just going to stick with this lawn mowing business? I didn't really want to be a grass cutter my entire life, but I just decided, okay, well, let's just see where this can take me. And I laid out a little business plan and, and just went to work hard on it. And over a 15-year period of time, I built that into one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee where I live, got it over 150 employees, over $10 million a year in revenue, and in 2013, sold that business to one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. So over a 15-year period of time, I, I kind of learned the hard way of how to build a business from scratch, how to hire team members, how to build a team around me, how to build a sales team, how to build a management team. And uh, I, I did everything wrong, every which way you could do it wrong until I figured out how to do it right. And uh, when I sold that business, it was kind of a, you know, it was, it was a, it was a sad time because it was, it was part of who I was. And I took some time off and realized, wow, I need to be back in the game. Uh, being in business is what I love to do. And so I decided, okay, time to start the next thing. And the next thing was GreenPal, which is what I'm working on now. So GreenPal is the Uber for lawn mowing. Uh, so homeowner needs to get their grass cut. They push a button. Someone comes mow their yard. Been at this business for eight years. Got it over 200,000 people that use it to get their grass cut. It's doing $20 million in revenue a year now. So eight-year overnight success. Uh, now I've had to learn again how to build a team, but a little bit different this time. Now it's engineers and and designers and content creators instead of people running lawnmowers and driving heavy equipment. So that's 20 years of entrepreneurship and business in one industry. Uh, that's impressive that you, as a teenager, just were inspired right away to lean into that entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm curious what lessons you learned. What, what, could, what would you tell your 15, 16-year-old self um, with the lessons that you've gained so far? Luckily, 
I, I had some pretty good, uh, not necessarily mentors, but influences in my life. I listened to uh, Dave Ramsey every day on my headset when I was mowing yards. Didn't particularly like him, but uh, but he was between his show was between two uh, shows that I wanted to listen to. So every day I'm cutting grass like 16 hours a day, you know, and and uh, and I'm listening to two hours, three hours of Dave Ramsey every day. And one of the things he talks about is building a debt-free business, debt-free lifestyle, using debt very sparingly, like living in your under your means, like protecting your cash and like living and trying to save money where you can. Like those influences were like key as I was building that first business and still follow through to this day, how I'm building my second business. And so if I could like talk to myself and my 15 year old self, I, I would, I would like reinforce that. And I, and I would reinforce those, those learnings. Cause I did make, I did deviate from that at times. And then the other thing I would tell myself is, is to figure out ways to delegate quicker and, and delegate faster and figuring out ways to build systems around how you're going to delegate these things. And, 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 then, and then I would probably like put five or 10 books in, in my hands and make sure I read them then because I didn't pick up reading until like maybe when I was 30. And so, and so like if I had started reading when I was 20, I, I probably could have saved myself years of, of time through trial and error. Any quick recommendations of those books? Oh man, the E Myth. Everybody's got to read that. Uh, Good to Great. It's another awesome book. Four Hour Work Weeks. Another awesome book. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, Built to Sell. Uh, I would read those five books <laughs> before I even started my first business. And and that if you can read those books and apply those methodologies in your life and in your in your business, it can help you know help you move quicker and help you help you get success. Love it. So you mentioned building out sales teams and, and managing people. I'm curious, you know, as an entrepreneur and someone who's hired a lot of people and worked with a lot of people from that standpoint, leading the business, what traits do you look for? What are some pitfalls people might fall into when they're trying to get hired? And, you know, we're obviously this podcast is geared towards someone who's looking for that job. So Tell us the other side of the, you know, other side of the aisle. What, what um, tips do you have for someone who's looking to break in? You know, I, I think the one of the best things you can do is show and not tell. Uh, you know, these days a resume almost doesn't matter. Like uh, where you went to school almost doesn't matter. The more you can show uh, through what stuff that you've done, hobbies you've worked on. Uh, projects that you've built, uh, things that you've done, uh, the more you can show and have like that evidence of, of things you've accomplished is really what correlates to my best hires. Um, and that's over a 20 year period of time, hundreds of people. Uh, in fact, I just hired a person about three months ago that came to, to my company, GreenPal, and said, hey, you know, I, I've noticed SEO is a big thing of what, uh, how, how you guys acquire customers. And I do SEO as a freelancer, uh, and I noticed these twelve things, and these and these twelve things were really dialed in to what we were working on, and what what we're tra- what we're uh, struggling with, and and they offered up solutions on how to fix these things. And I mean, like, yes, done, sold. When would you like to start? Like, that's a no brainer. Rather than, hey, you know, I, I've got this certificate from Google and I've got 12 years experience. And, you know, it's like nobody, like, everybody's got that. It's like, 
show, show me what you can do uh, and, and add value before you ask anything. I, I think are, are two like principles that can lead to building a successful career, finding the job on the right team, um, or even building a successful business. Like, imagine if you had done that with like Airbnb back in 2010 and you could have been like higher number six at Airbnb or higher number 10, you'd be a billionaire today. And, and so uh, like, I think the ability is to like find your spot on that rocket ship uh, really relates to show and don't tell and add value before you ask anything. Oh man, we're speaking the same language. Uh, I'm glad you, <laughs> you mentioned the Airbnb because that popped to mind in a couple of ways for me. One was there's this site, nina4airbnb.com. I'm not sure if you've, oh, if you've heard of that. She no, basically what is, made what is, this, this value proposition a few years back um, where she redesigned. I forget the details of what the, the, the value prop was, but she made this whole mock-up and, and I think marketing plan and whatnot and tried to pitch Airbnb in that way. And that, and that show don't tell. She actually didn't end up getting the offer from Airbnb, but she had all these other offers coming in, people engaging with that. So there's a lot of power in just taking on that mindset of, of show, don't tell and giving value. Even if you don't get that particular job that you pitch, you're sort of building the mindset, right? And then you can take that pitch mindset and go on to the next opportunity and you just start changing who you are. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you break in. That's how you cut your way in to, and, 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 and it either, even if it's just like starting your own business and like selling your first 10 clients or trying to go get that job at that sweetheart company that you want to work for. Like there's a story like the, the COO of, uh, of Uber. I can't remember his name. This guy's probably a billionaire now too, but, uh, he actually got his start at Foursquare. Uh, back in like the 0678 period. And how he landed that job at Foursquare was he like popped up, I think it was Chicago uh, for Foursquare and said, hey, look, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I actually signed up these 20 restaurants onto the app. Um, and, and, and I've actually signed up these, tw- these 50 friends of mine, and I'm just trying to help you get it going in Chicago. Love what you're doing. Uh, if you're looking for an ops person, I would love to join your team. That's how he got on to Foursquare. And then it was that track record with Foursquare that he enabled him to, to get, get, get on it at Uber. So like, there's two lessons there. It's like adding value before you ask anything, show, don't tell, but then also like looking at the, the, the journey as an infinite game, like this is going to take a 10 or 20 year period. Um, because that's, you know, you look at what, what this guy's achieved, it's over a 20 year period of time. And so like, those are like this fundamentals and, and, and principles, I think, that, that get forgotten a lot, particularly by the, by the younger generations in today's job market. And if you can really, like you said, change your mind, you know, you know, like change your, your philosophies and like have a, a mind shift uh, to operate in this manner over a year, three years, five years, before you know it, you have improved your, your station in life. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's an investment in yourself. It's going to pay off for the rest of your life. Um, so you're telling me that you haven't really, as a hiring, as a CEO hiring people, you haven't had typical job postings and you check all the resumes. I mean, how, I mean, this person who, who did the pitch on the SEO was, was that for a, an opening that was advertised? I'm curious. It actually was. We, we had, uh, we advertised the position and they didn't even come in through the front door. 
they came in, they, the person uh, reached out to me via email, found my email, which is not that hard, but just go, goes to show you that there's, there, there, there's just, you know, just put in the effort. And then it's like, not even like just email me directly. It's like, when you email me, ha- like, sh- like really capture my attention as to why it's worth my time reading and responding. And that goes for when you email anybody or when I email anybody. And then really adding that value and taking the time to go in and figure out, okay, you know, X, Y, and Z, and here's how I can help. And here's why it matters. And maybe even knocking off a couple of those things. Like, okay, I went ahead and did this. You know, I, I found where you have this one thing that's messed up on your site and I went ahead and fixed it. Or uh, I went ahead and pull, ran, pulled down the reports and here's what we need to do. That's how you get noticed. And that's how you, that's how you get hired. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, you might, you might do that 10 times, and nine times it, 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 it's, it's a waste of your time, but you only have to be right once. And, and if you do that 10 times and, and, and to the 10 companies you really want to work with, well, then that, that, I mean, wouldn't you much rather do that than waste three years working for a, a dead end company? Yeah. It's like, don't get confused about results that you think you're getting from working hard. Like just because you're working hard doesn't mean you're going to get the results you want. You want to be pulling the right levers, right? So if you are choosing those 10 companies you truly love, then yeah, even if you just got got in on one of them, that's that's time well spent. You know, that's time well spent. So you don't, it's not just about grinding on the job hunt and blasting out resumes and you worked hard, you should get results, right? Not necessarily. Plus you're not going to necessarily like the results you get because you're not focusing in on something that you really are really enjoy, you know? Exactly. And, and it, and it goes for like pitching yourself on the front end, but then also following up, let's say you get that interview. Well, then, you know, you need to follow up in the same manner. It's like, Hey, you know, we talked about X, Y, and Z on the interview and, and how I can come in and maybe help you with some things. I actually dug a little deeper and here's something that I didn't realize. And, and, and here, and here's actually where I, where I think I can really get in and help you guys um, uh, figure out, you know, what you're doing wrong. Or and, and let's say you, let's say you're trying to get a job as a, as a conversion rate optimization person, you know, maybe you, you like download the entire onboarding process for whatever company it is you're, you're wanting to work for like screenshots. And then you like mock up things that you would suggest that they test. And like, like if you did that, you'll get the job. Now it might take you three hours to do that. And, and you're doing it purely on speculation, but you know, you've probably increased your chances of getting that job by 10 X. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just going to build a mindset. And even if you're off the mark, we like to emphasize this, even if you're off the mark with the, the project you create, Hey, I went ahead and did this. Oh, then, you know, the business owner sees that and well, that's not exactly what I really need. It doesn't matter so much because you are seeing the signals that they're sending, which is, Hey, I'm taking initiative. I'm thinking about your pain points. I'm thinking from your perspective. This is this is the overlying message is think from the company's perspective rather than me, 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 right? I have this, exactly. I have this degree. I have this background. Yeah. You're looking fine. for those signals as a, as a, as yeah. a CEO, as a hiring manager or whatever, you're looking for those signals. And yeah, even, even if it's off the mark a little bit, you're still looking for somebody that demonstrates that initiative. And one thing that I've learned 20 years in business, running my first company, Peach, Peachtree and my second company, Green Pal, Hundreds of people I've hired over the years, no, probably thousands more like. And one thing that I've learned is that you don't, you don't motivate people. You hire 
motivated people and then you make sure you don't demotivate them. And so there's nothing that the CEO can do to motivate somebody. They just make sure that they bring on motivated people onto the team and get them onto the bus. And so if you can demonstrate that you're motivated, you know, by, by doing the things we're talking about, and then also some other passive things, let's say, let's just go back with like the, the conversion rate optimization expert or the SEO expert or the product design expert or the uh, salesperson, you know, whatever. Like if you have like a blog or an account on Medium or something that shows like you're really interested in X and you've documented these things and you write your thoughts about them, or even if it's just like a track record on Quora or something like that, you're demonstrating that that you have domain expertise, that you take initiative in it, that you really are interested in it, that it's, it's, your, it's like why you get out of bed in the morning. And that makes like bringing you onto the team that much easier. If I can look at your body of work on Medium or look at your body of work on Quora, uh, or even your own personal blog on WordPress or whatever. And it, let's say you're, you're, you're a product design person and maybe you've just taken like teardowns of like the top 20 products you like, and you've torn them down and, and you've, you've outlined what it is you like about them and what things you would do to improve them. And I can look at that. I can say, wow, this is a, this is a really, first off, this person knows what the hell they're doing and knows what they're talking about. And then also this is a motivated person who goes to the time that creates this body of work for, for what they're interested in. Stuff like that, you know, can help you land that job. That's twice as good as, as you would have gotten without that evidence. Uh, it's good stuff. So career crash listeners, this is a CEO speaking about everything we're teaching, right? Body of work, value propositions. This is this is a uh, proof that this is the mindset that business owners really desire. And I love, yeah, there's, there's sort of two elements there, right? The value proposition of figuring out the company's perspective and what problems you could solve. And then also you can talk about yourself, but don't just list things. Show it, and again, show, don't tell. If you can create that blog, medium account, document your work, learn out loud, tell stories of how you overcame adversity, if you if you write a, a blog post about any sort of triumph over adversity in your life, which I think everyone can can find that story, you're going to jump to the top of the applicant pool just by the fact that you are writing on the internet. I mean, most people still are not starting personal websites, are not you know writing blog posts. It's more and more common, but if you hop on that train, then you're going to have that that first mover advantage. Absolutely. Like, like, let's say you wanted to apply for a job as a CMO of GreenPal. And let's just say this job paid, I don't know, 100, 200 grand a year, 250 K a year, whatever. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's an executive level, executive level position. One thing that you could do that would set yourself apart is you would actually, before you would even like applied or had the interview, you would actually like be a customer of GreenPal. And you would say, hey, I, I live in Sacramento, California. I downloaded the app. And here was my experience. Okay. I, I downloaded the app. It took, you know, three minutes. I got uh, five bids. I hired the person I wanted to work with. They showed up a day late, but that's okay. And they did a pretty good job. And then I booked them again. And here's all of the things that I would recommend we do uh, if you brought me onto the team to, to make the experience better. Like if you did that, Odds are you'd be the only person that did that and you you would increase your chances of getting the job by 10x. And so like, and, and then let's say, let's just say 
let's just say you you didn't get hired, but then you would take all of that work and maybe put it on your medium or put it on your, on your Quora or put it on your WordPress. And as part of this thing that you do, where you do these teardowns and, and you really try to figure out how to improve customer experience, because that is your field of expertise rather than say, and rather than just like throwing an, like a resume out to say, Oh, I've got this certificate from such and such state college about product design. Nobody gives a shit about that. 100%, 100%, man. So I wanted to give you the chance to tell this little story. I'm, and this, this speaks to this in terms of um, finding ways to show what type of person you are and improve your value. Um, I came across this little bit about your story of your first company, Peachtree. I believe it was at this company where you, you relayed the story of doing the grunt work, where we had one client where you were doing this landscaping at uh, on the property of McDonald's and you had to like pick up cigarette butts and like, that was no fun. Um, <laughs> but like, but yeah. like there's an opportunity there. Like this, this is, I'm curious to hear your elaborate on the story, but the point here is for the listener is there's an opportunity in any experience you have to extract, extract the soft skills, reflect and extract and show and talk about the soft skills that you've developed. So tell us that story a bit. Yeah. Uh, so rewind my first company, Peachtree was a landscaping company. And one of the things that is tough in the landscaping business is to grow it from like your first 500 K to a million million to 5 million. I got that business over 10 million in revenue, but the way you can kind of scale that business is to break into the commercial market. And one of it's difficult to do that because really nobody wants to take a chance on you because like these are big contracts and, and it's hard to, it's hard to go from just mowing single family residence home, uh, homes to, uh, to, to, to getting big commercial contracts. And so I, for years I was just beating my head against the wall, trying to cut my way in, you know, I had several hundred customers, but they were all homes and I was trying to do restaurants, banks, apartments, office parks, things of that nature. And I never could like break my way in. And so I just kept cold calling this one uh, operator uh, in in the town where I lived because I knew he owned seven or eight restaurants, and I and I and I kept like trying to figure out how he'd give me a chance on just one restaurant, and he never would even like let me bid on it. And then so finally, like one day, I came to the conclusion, like okay, I got to figure out like how do I align what it is I'm selling, which is lawn mowing services, to this guy selling more hamburgers. And so how do I align our value proposition with what his goals are? And I, and I, I, I was in, in the drive through one day and just looked down and there was just, it was just, just nasty as hell. There's just cigarette butts everywhere and chewing gum and this paper and wrappers. And it just looked like crap. And I said to him, I said, you know, the first thing we did is, is my crew and I went through and we cleaned out, we took pictures of, of before and after. And we just cleaned out all the cigarette butts and just made it really nice and clean and neat. And I said, okay, uh, Frank, here is what your drive-through looks like. And then, and then here we went ahead and just, you know, for free of charge, we cleaned out all the cigarette butts in the drive-through and here's what, what it would look like if we maintained it on a weekly basis, because we believe that if your customer comes to your drive-through and they look down and they see nice flowers and plants and mulch and it's, and it's free of trash, debris and cigarette butts that they might more be inclined to upsize the, 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 the hamburger, uh, or, uh, supersize it or, you know, get a, pie or a shake or something. And I don't know if that was true or not, but it made, it made like reasonable sense. And so I, I, I put all of that, worked it all up into an email and cold emailed him and before and after pictures and along with the pricing. And he said, you know what? 
okay, I'm going to give you a shot on this one restaurant. And so we did that restaurant for two years. And we did, we fulfilled that promise of every week we'd mow the grass and at no extra charge, we would make sure the drive-thru was clean of all kinds of debris. And after two years, he finally let us bid on the other restaurants. And then, and we finally got all seven of his restaurants and then, and then we developed a really good relationship with him off, off of, off of that one value proposition. Uh, and then also other things we were doing. And then he went to bat for us on, on the in, uh, entire uh, uh, portfolio of McDonald's properties in Middle Tennessee, and so and so I, he gave, he enabled me to get the opportunity to pitch in front of like thirty other franchisees and also Macopco, which is like the corporate owned stores. And so, over a ten year period of time, we were able to get all of those restaurants to the tune of about five six hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue, um, and uh, probably something like over seventy locations. And so, so. Ten, eight, nine year period of time, one location to 70 or 80, you know, $4,000 a year to $500,000, $600,000 a year in revenue, just one customer. And then, and then also we were able to use that customer's evidence to other clients, other restaurants, banks, restaurant owners, things like that. Like, hey, you know, we do all the Mill Tennessee McDonald's. You might want to give us a shot, you know, Hardee's, Taco Bell, Young Brands, whatever. And so that was how we cut our way in and it was just doing something different and then trying to put ourselves in the shoes of our, of our prospect and trying to figure out what we could do to solve their problems. Man, talk about, you know, investing in yourself. You offered to work for free. You created the value proposition. You, you created value, you went ahead and did the work and then all that success follows that, right? You just lasered, lasered in your focus on helping this one prospect and it wasn't just it wasn't just spray and pray, right? It was focusing in on one, right. hey, how can we really crush it with this one client? And then you have just an explosion of positive ripple effects in the next, you know, coming years. So Yeah. Uh, and to that point, I think you're you're prop in almost any sales process, you're probably if you're gonna spend 50 hours pitching or selling yourself or whatever you're probably better off spending that on 10 or 15 prospects rather than 200. And, and by that, I mean like really dialing in and just being like, like Steve, like that, that quote, Steve Martin quote, be so good. They can't say no. You can't do that over 200, but you can do it over 10. And, and, and really just looking at it like, okay, I just know one of these has to hit. And, and I think it's a better strategy. Oh man. Good stuff. Yeah. Our founder, Isaac says, five pitches beats 500 applications. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And just, a pitch just isn't just a cold email. It's like really getting in there and figuring out how you align whatever it is that you do with whatever it is their goals are. Absolutely. Hey, Brian, this has been a blast. So much gold nuggets in here for our listeners to to take and, and apply, I hope. Make it happen. Execute on it. So the website is, I believe, yourgreenpal.com. That's right. And yeah. Any anybody other... listening to this that doesn't want to cut their own grass, just download the <laughs> app in the app store or play store. You'll get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service. Great. Any other places people can find you or any other yeah, LinkedIn. Words? Yeah. Anybody want to hit me up? Uh, LinkedIn's a great place to get me. I've been hanging out there more. Uh, if you have a specific uh, problem with your business that you think I might could have some advice on, uh, you know, hit me up. I'll be happy to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks so much, Brian. It's been an awesome podcast, so much good stuff. So take it easy and appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
Like what you hear? Go to Crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at Isaac at Crash.co. 